Welcome to the Your Message Received podcast. And now, taking your message to the finish line, your host, John Duffin. Hey folks, this is John Duffin, back from Duffin Media, and welcome to another episode of Your Message Received. Your Message Received is the place to find your best voice, your most authentic and true voice. Get what you want, find what you need, improve results, increase sales, meet the person of your dreams, all that. Well, I don't know that I'm giving you all that, but but we're trying to do all of that. But really, it's to find your true you. Find the courage, find the strength, find the techniques to find your true you. We love that you keep finding us on Apple Podcasts, Google Podcasts, Spotify, and a bunch of other places. And I get to meet a rock star today. So you're going to feel this crazy great infusion of energy. So anytime I get the privilege of connecting with Ashley Abdullah, it's it, I, I'm the better person as a result. And so now you get a turn as well too. Ashley Abdullah, welcome to the show. Thank you, JD. Thank you so much. I love your show. I love your content. I love what you put out in the world. And this is going to be such a fun conversation. I'm, I'm, I'm really excited. I'm pumped. I'm just, I'm so <laughs> grateful for that. And it just like, it's, it, it's one of these things we were talking off, literally off mic. And one of the things we were talking about is that sense of needing more energy, needing more an infusion of energy. And one of the very first things that I remember about Ashley is that exactly is this, it it, it feels like the best kind of tropical breeze that just hits you right. And as a result, you walk away and feel better. So right off the bat, were you always like that? Did you always have that sense of fire and passion? That is the best compliment ever because I don't think it's ever been framed that way. Um, <laughs> let, let me let me tell you this. The mm. feedback that I've always gotten, either indirect, direct, verbal, nonverbal, mm. is that I'm high energy. Mm-hmm. Um, I usually talk fast. Um, I'm always smiling and positive, whether that's good or bad in certain situations. But yes, ever since a child, <laughs> I've always been like that. My whole family is in different, <laughs> different varying degrees. <laughs> so I'm, I love all of that. I'm walking through the bio in pieces, but folks, in fairness, let me give it to you the right way. <laughs> so I got the privilege of knowing Ashley when she and I both worked together at Univision Communications. Um, prior to that, and oh, and Ashley is a New Jersey native. I'm a Philadelphia resident. Uh, and I remember, like I said, and I remember learning about Vineland, New Jersey, <laughs> and the specifics based upon meeting and getting to work with Ashley. But this is not just a local story. So Ashley literally rises through the ranks of Univision, and and I promise you that is a big part of why we're communicating today. Uh, goes from Philadelphia to Miami, one of my all-time favorite places. <laughs> yes. And when and when you needed a tour of Miami, you go directly to Ashley. Um, <laughs> and then I know rocks the house at Univision, does amazing things, then leads a tech conference of a spectacular event. And then after that forms Eden Park Media. Um, 
And we're going to talk about that as well, too. Happens to be residing in Charlotte, North Carolina. Another way cool place. And um, there's a lot to unpack there for me. Yes. But I'd love to be able to begin with just how I got to know you. (laughs) And then I would like to know, talk to me about, and this is going to sound crazy, the old cliche, nobody likes playing in traffic. But meanwhile, that's how I meet Ashley in the traffic department at Univision. (laughs) Right. So what do you remember about the experience? So first, I think let's clarify for the audience traffic. So for everybody who listens to your podcast, understands that you have a media background. Yeah, but most people, most of my listeners don't. don't (laughs) Thank you. The traffic department in any type of media organization isn't what organizes or drives literally the cars, the, the ebb and flow of cars for public safety. Traffic basically... Um, is the department that regulates, that monitors, and is is the gatekeeper of everything that happens um, outside of a program segment. So it's everything that happens within a commercial break and then some secondary events, all the cool things that you see when you're watching the bottom of the screen of of a football game or a basketball game to the commercials, making sure that a Burger King commercial doesn't appear immediately next to a McDonald's commercial. So the, the, relationship between you were head of sales, I was head of traffic Mm -hmm. um, for the Philadelphia market. I actually, at that time, I oversaw multiple markets, but Philadelphia, which was the local market, was also within my purview. Um, Traditionally, sales and traffic, there's a natural, I would describe it as a natural friction or a natural tension because sales brings in the revenue and traffic is the gatekeepers of whether or not that revenue can be realized or actually claimed, right? So you sell it, you go to McDonald's, you go to Mars and get the M&M's commercials and the big deals. If I don't ensure that it airs properly, you know, making sure that that commercial doesn't air with without any smudges on it or anything crazy or someone interrupting it, that's the only way that the station can get the credit for that revenue and it's properly reconciled. Um, traditionally within broadcast media, where the tension arises is the interest, right? Sales, your interest is making sure that that log every day when you're turning on you know, the television or listening to the radio, every high paying commercial, every amount, every dollar, every cent airs properly so it can be properly credited. The traffic side is a little bit more technical and there, you know, tend to be a tons of rules and especially, um, I, you know, one of the nuances is that we work for a Spanish television network. Mm-hmm. So sometimes we would get a commercial where they would, you know, every, on your end, everything looked perfect. But by the time it got to me, it would be in English <laughs> and we couldn't air it. So that's sometimes where, you know, I, my experience working with you, um, or I would say with sales, for the most part, it's it's cordial, but there are situations where there could be a high uh, maintenance client where things can get a little bit prickly. Um, I wouldn't say that we kind of would you know butt heads much, but there's some instances or certain clients where we would clash. But you, my interaction with you, not necessarily the sales team or the sales organization, right? Our interaction with you was always professional. Mm -hmm. You were never, you never got um, 
mean or nasty. It was you, you did the best you could to look out for your clients and look out for your teams. And, and that's really what it was. Now, I can't always say that for everyone else within the sales organization, but you were always um, one of the ones that were just the, I would always say you were just the biggest gentleman and you were influential. You were one of the sole reasons why I eventually went into sales. You were the one that walked me through that entire experience. You were the one that I called every week to give you an update what was going on. You helped me walk through those interviews. You helped me understand the strategy of sales because I was just obsessed with the way your mind worked. Um, and you were the one that encouraged me to spread my wings and go to a different city that I had never even been to before and just do different things. So a lot of how you treated me and how you made me feel changed the trajectory of my entire career. Oh my really. gosh. That's that's so sweet of you to say. And I don't offer that to everybody. It was one of the reasons where it was like, you are. There was a great reason for that. So, folks, one of the first times, and everything that Ashley said, the, the, the one thing I think about was, there was that friction all the time and trying to make a client, the internal people, the salespeople happy. It was never really in my mind a strength of mine because it caused me incredible anxiety. And I can admit that now. Really? Um, but oh my God, absolutely. Because you want to try to make people happy in general. And so if somebody is not happy, well, then I'm feeling it and I'm not turning it into a me thing. Right. But one of the things that I found, and it was early on, and I, and 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 I've been in my life described as different, and that was not always in my head received as a compliment. Yeah, uh, it just wasn't. Mm -hmm. Ashley, I felt was different, and it, it and for the role, for the responsibility, but certainly not for the talent. It yeah. was not different in that sense but different in regards to the demeanor. So I remember one of my favorite, like you talk about me encouraging. So I, Ashley is in, going to lead a meeting about traffic. And we were fortunate. Chris Lofton was another person that was part of that circle that were getting you to move and Garrett Pope. But mm -hmm. it is not the most, from my mind, entertaining, necessary, content driven Correct. sort of a topic right and it was like we're all gonna now meet and watch the traffic person present rules and regs right and so i'm driving <laughs> down we're about an hour away we're driving down and i'm thinking oh oh so ashley's leading a first meeting i'm like oh so we get there do you remember how that meeting went because i certainly do i i do i remember how not necessarily how it went. I remember how I felt. Even better. I how I felt. Ah, tell me that. That's what I want to know. So, like, just amplifying what you said, traffic right. isn't the most exciting thing. I mean, it was to me because I'm a total nerd. Um, but <laughs> I'm a nerd in different ways, but go ahead. Um, and, you know, and I think part of, you know, where we kind of always connected, you know, that was my first job out of college. It was with the network that I loved. It was with programming that I loved even though it's a very technical type of, of department, um, people in traffic, the best way I could describe it for the audience, tend to think if you're very um, micro 
uh, vision, very myopic, right. that it's a blue collar type of job. This is the rule and this is what it can, it cannot be bent and this is what we're going to do. And I, my, my vision was to approach it with a very white collar perspective, mm-hmm. looking at it on a macro level. You know, at the end of the day, our purpose is to inform, educate, and empower our audience who otherwise is marginalized and underserved. So I felt very connected to that. Mm-hmm. And a lot of people look at traffic as just kind of silly. Um, people that, you know, really don't have much power. So they tend to claim or, or cling on to unnecessarily unnecessary rules just to make the job more cumbersome when mm-hmm. it doesn't need to be. And I always felt that if sales understood what I was seeing on the technical side and, you know, what it looks like dealing with the FCC, right? Like, remember, I think in that meeting, we talked about, um, you know, a big part of the job is working with the FCC and making sure that the station is compliant so we don't get fined. The biggest example of that was um, the Super Bowl with the Janet Jackson and Justin Timberlake thing. Like yep. what, what, how the FCC gets involved and can mm-hmm. find uh, a station group. If sales understood that we are partners rather than order takers and vice versa, we can all live a much more harmonious existence and be a united front in dealing with some of the high maintenance clients and external forces that we all have to battle, right? You know, we can go to battle as brothers and sisters rather than, you know, like that. Um, So I I got the sense that everyone else in that meeting, it was all departments, all station departments, and I kind of called for this. We're kind of like, why are we doing this? And I think everybody was like, let's just be nice to Ashley. Like, let's just go along with it and then we'll do whatever. But you were the one Mm -hmm. that encouraged it and Mm -hmm. you're, your energy and excitement and acceptance of mm-hmm. it really drove the 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 energy throughout the entire meeting. I think people were engaging and participating mm-hmm. because you set the lead and you set the tone for it as their leader. I remember as part of the game and the quizzes that I had set up, just yep. to kind of give it a little bit more of a fun format instead of game quizzes, candy yeah. prizes. <laughs> You had called uh, ahead of time to like work on, hey, like let's let's how do we make this work for this person? And this person might be really engage with this. Right. Like you were a part of helping me kind of sell it. <laughs> and you were well, that's the buy-in. And that's one of the biggest things when I hear the best way to make things work is get buy-in rather than a you know, um giving orders. So exactly. you literally take all of it and roll with it and create this exciting engaging when i was talking about that that breeze that just hits different um well that's what it was and it was the first time i see you and i'm thinking no i'm sorry it's the first time i see and i'm seeing different in another way mm-hmm. now i'm like oh no no definitely definitely different but different in there's more you can do um this is great there's more you can do because you just did it um by the way i'm gonna add one other thing i'm gonna see if you remember in in terms Uh of one of the things i really really am impressed by you which is this and you talked about growing up in your family and being considered in the and high energy and all that sort of thing one of the things i recall on more than one occasion was you also even though you're always in a good mood and you're always positive about you stand up for yourself. So I remember that that was like an odd combination speaking back to different. Like sometimes you get somebody who's 
very Pollyanna, but they don't know how to stand up for themselves. And you do. And you demonstrated that to me specifically. Um, you said something to me one time years ago, God almighty, um, years ago. So roughly in that 10-ish year window, you're like, if you got something to say, I need you to say it to me. Um, I don't want to oh hear it from another person. And I'll never forget that. And that was another thought. I'm like, I do what? not even remember. That. I 1000% <laughs> and, and I was like, oh, she, she stands up for herself. Wow. <laughs> so that goes back to the different, right? And, 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 and now I, as I embrace different. So I remember, so you come out of this meeting and then all of a sudden there's more that's in your wish list of what you want to do. And you talked about um, getting on a plane and all that stuff. And it's weird. Actually, one of the things I've been asking people lately, now I'm about to ask you, <laughs> which is I understand how people like we know how to create miracle mornings we know how to you know what i mean learn and all that sort of thing what i'm now fascinated by is it, it it's that sense of motion so mm -hmm. you call me and other people but you call me and talk about i want to try this opportunity and it's in miami and it's the sales department and i don't have sales experience oh and it's in miami which is now basically southern end of across the country and i don't you know and I'm going to buy a ticket and go. Well, so. I think you need to back up because you actually did a little bit more than that. I didn't just call you. You did all the hard stuff. But you might not remember this. Mm. You oh, probably. The first one. You like, I mean, again, for the audience, we're yeah. going back. Like, I'm kind of embarrassed. Like, when you just told me, like, that particular meeting was 10 like years ago. a decade, ago, right? I've known, I've known you for 16 years now. Like, that's kind of crazy. Like, crazy. <laughs> That's I'm like yeah. what in the world because I feel like it was just like right? oh. but um that particular summer mm -hmm. when when that meeting happened the other and I, I remember this I remember. very fondly because this is around August 2012. We're in my mm -hmm. car. Yeah. Um I remember we're driving in my car. Yeah. Um when we go to like we go to lunch, you would take me out to lunch. Oh, we used to have the best times. But I remember that was when when so the timeline is in my personal life, mm -hmm. um, my family, my father had retired, sold the house, my entire family moved to Charlotte, North Carolina. Mm -hmm. I was the only I was the only one in my family that stayed in New Jersey with the exception mm -hmm. of my brother who was about to get married. All of my friends were going away and moving to different areas. And it was this time, it was this time frame in my life where um even though I was born and raised in New Jersey, that was where I've always been. That was all I knew. It didn't feel like home. And everything that I had known and was kind of gripping onto that I felt proud of, it felt unfamiliar and it wasn't fee feeding me anymore. Mm -hmm. So you would take me out whenever you would come to visit the oh. station. And one of the things I always appreciated was when you're going to visit the other executives or visit your big clients, you were the only one, you would always make a point to stop, have a meeting with me, check in with me. Hey, what's going on with this? Let's have an update, have a one-on-one. -on -one. You treated me like an equal and not like mm. the punk kid that I was. Because for, for context, the audience needs to know, 
I was just like 2021. 20, <laughs> I'm still blown away with what you knew coming out of Rowan University. I'm still blown away that you took way more than book knowledge out of there. And Rowan's a great school. And if, if you're in this region and you're looking for communications people, you're often looking at Rowan and Temple as your first two and the others are a distant. It's true. It's true. Um, like a distant. It's so it's your top tier. But thanks so for that we, reminder. But right? So I mean, so now. Frame, yeah, in that time frame, Things are, I'm starting to kind of piece together. I want something different and these sparks are flying, but you just don't know what. I, it's like this internal conflict where I like, I don't know what I needs to change, but something needs to change. So in these meetings, or sometimes you'd be like, hey, Ash, I'm stopping in to have a meeting with some of the other executive leaders of the station. How about you and I just, let's just have a lunch meeting and you would take me on your cool car. And in those meetings, we would talk about like, hey, like tell me like a little bit more about your sales strategy or the meeting. Mm -hmm. And you always were open with, you were always an information sharer. Thank you, you never hoarded that. Like you would always let me kind of pick your brain. Mm -hmm. And I, you were the one that I, I was the first person that would, I felt comfortable to actually articulate, hey, I think maybe I would like to explore you know, possibly going into sales. Mm -hmm. And you said, Hey, I think this is a great idea. And over the course of that, oh, I did. you were double idea. clicking, mm -hmm. but you were the one that called me and said, Hey, Ashley, mm -hmm. there's an opportunity that's potentially happening in Miami. Mm -hmm. And you were the one that gave me that information. You had mm -hmm. went on this conference, yeah. sales conference, mm -hmm. you gave me that information about the station and all of the key players. And this is what you need to know. And this is how this manager, this is what he leans for, this is what he looks for. You prepped me for that. And you were the one that put Miami in the universe for me. And I love that you remember all of that. So I had left a conference in Austin, Texas. And here's what yeah. I was going to say, funny things that you remember and forget, which is, so it was, a, it was a rough conference. It was one of the things like with the former company we were at, one of the things I remember was we would have tough, business conferences at what yeah. I called very exotic locales. So you would go to Austin, Texas, and we're staying on basically a dude ranch. And we were. Um, and there's horses, you know, and it's all. But you're, but these are tough topics delivered toughly. Wow. So that came up during the conference, um, the opening of Miami. So I share with you as well, too. But here's what you did. It, it, and this is what, and for anybody who, like I said, it's, it's that sense of, we all, like I said before, we all get information. Right. There's very little that you don't, that you're not aware of, that somebody's feeding you something. And often it's people that you respect. But here's, like I said, so I'm calling this basically a checkpoint question. You had about four different checkpoints of which you could have turned and ran turn and disappear and i never forgot like there are the things i want to know um what got you to board the plane oh wow i can't believe you remember that oh i 100 do <laughs> what got you to board the plane so again all of leading up to that getting the phone call so just for mm -hmm. context for the audience yeah. jd lets me know there's an opportunity you give me right. the information you kind of say hey you know i want you to look do some research on this this is what you need to know learn like you know you told me about Cantar and all of those things like that. Mm -hmm. I did, I took it and ran with it. And I went mm -hmm. hard. I mean, I was like, you know what? I don't have anything to lose. Um, 
I did my resume, I think within the same night. Like it was within that, uh, everything that we're discussing was probably within like a 48 hour, 48 hour window, window. Yeah. When, when it happened. Like when it went, mm-hmm. so I say all this to say, like one of the key takeaways for the audience is stay ready mm-hmm. so you don't have to get ready, right? Like, you know okay. what I mean? Like, Beautiful. It's always, yep. always like, you know, like when, when that opportunity mm-hmm. presents itself, don't second guess it because you, you're doing little steps that lead up to it. And when it finally hits you, you just have to go and run, run, run through that door. Mm-hmm. So when I, I, I did my resume, I sent it over. Um, the manager at the time then called my direct manager. Mm-hmm. Um, we set up a phone interview like the following afternoon. Mm-hmm. It was an amazing conversation. And um, it then led to an interview with the GM maybe about a week later. Mm-hmm. It was an amazing conversation. And it was almost like a test because again, I was, I was in, in their minds and everyone else's minds, I was a completely unlikely candidate, even for the Philadelphia station, which I thought would have been the natural step. Our GM, if you were, we're not going to say the name at the time, I remember. told me he was not, he was not interested in no shot. traffic. Yep. He said he would much rather prioritize someone from production going mm-hmm. into sales than traffic. He just didn't believe in me. Mm-hmm. Um, so I was an unlikely candidate from all sides. I'm a black woman, mm. you know, going to a market that I've never been into. And Miami is literally, it really is very much a different region of the country. It's like you're That's- literally in its own separate country. And mm-hmm. you have to have gone to Miami, lived in Miami to truly understand that statement. Mm-hmm. But as a black woman who's not a native Hispanic speaker, who only learned the language through school, mm-hmm. um, who had no prior sales experience, who had no family or connections in Miami, um, and had only been in traffic, I didn't make any sense. So throughout these conversations, they said, wow, she, she's making sense. She understands the programming. She understands, you know, you know, the, the, the ebb and flow of our market. Um, she connects with the purpose of the company, but let's test her because not only does she not fit all of these other boxes, she lives in Southern New Jersey. <laughs> so it was almost like they threw it out as a test to me. Well, to go to the next step, we need to see you in person, mm. figure it out. <clears throat> so I said, I, I, you know, it's so funny. It's like one of those moments where I felt so strongly. Mm. I knew this was my job. I knew this was my opportunity. I knew Miami was going to be my city. You and knew. I knew that if I wanted to be the mm-hmm. baddest thing in Hispanic media, this was my chance. Mm-hmm. So I took, I mean, at this point, I'm 20 years old. Uh, mm-hmm. You're not making a lot of money in traffic. I have literally a dollar and a dream to my name. Right. I cleaned out my my checking account mm-hmm. and I bought a, a, a one-way ticket to go mm-hmm. one, like at a 6 a.m. flight and return at 5 a.m. 24 hours within the same mm-hmm. day. And um, we didn't say anything new. I, I, you knew because you were kind of helping me kind yeah. of for that. I told right. my manager, but yeah. no one else knew. Mm-hmm. No one knew. It was completely secret. Um, because in the back of my mind, I was like, what if I fail? But I think what was driving me was the, the prospect of not doing it, not following through, not attempting, not trying. Even if I failed, it still would have sat better with me than if I had done nothing at all. And I think that's probably the driving force in a lot of these big calculated risks that I've taken over the years. Even if I fail, it still feels better 
than staying stagnant where I am. And if you ever have that feeling, that's how you know with whatever it is in life, personally, professionally, you are ready for a transformational change. You're ready. And you're just ready to go with the flow and you're ready to just give 100% to it. There is nothing, no inner voice in your head, no naysayers that are gonna talk you down. Even if I fall flat on my face, it still feels better than just sitting in this chair where I'm at right now in this position right now. And folks, that's about 30 good reasons why you take risks. I just love it. Now, I, I'm, I'm blown away by that sense of, of vision and fearlessness. So you're there. You land the job. You're there. And you elevate through the company. Give me one or two examples of things you felt great about in terms of what you experienced, whether you had the direct hand in it or were just a part of it. Just one or two things you're like, oh my God, because I did all of that, this happened. Um, I love the fact that I would say the most radical change or risk that I took was the actual move itself and going into mm -hmm. sales. Gotcha. It could yeah. not have been a more radical 180 change mm -hmm. going from a corporate job in traffic in Southern New Jersey mm -hmm. to the Miami is electric. An epicenter of, there's right? A, it just an is. electricity mm -hmm. to the city. Mm -hmm. um, it, there's also an adjustment because it's, a, it's very much, sales is very much a relationship-based business. Mm -hmm. You can be the smartest person, mm -hmm. but you may not be able to sell one thing. And like, you know, you know, conversely, someone who may not necessarily be, you know, the potential Harvard grad may be the the highest selling person in the world. Because they know everybody. Yeah. It's, it's, it's all about, you know, having EQ mm -hmm. in addition, that perfect balance of EQ and IQ and navigating that within the mm -hmm. cultural context and cultural complexity of the city. So I'm really proud of myself, of proving myself to myself that I can do something and drop myself in it. And if I literally against all odds, because my family wasn't supportive of it at the time, I had no friends, I had nothing to rely on other than my faith and just like, hey, just follow the, the sky. Mm -hmm. um, I can pull myself through it. I love that I learned, um, you know, after sales, I kind of was pulled into just through just putting myself out there mm -hmm meeting the CMO and being pulled through the entire marketing organization. And that's what changed the trajectory for me to go into marketing. Mm -hmm. But it was my background of having the technical side, working with the engineers, working with traffic, mm -hmm. being in sales and not just walk, not talking the talk, but walking the walk, mm -hmm. um, going through network and all of those roles that I had at network, I was able to lead a cross-functional team ultimately my last kind of position at Univision that was a cross-functional team full of people from all over the country and in Mexico City to launch properties like, you know, um, El Chapo was one of my right. like, awesome, most awesome projects and what yep. I'm most proud of. Um, Rolling into Netflix. Netflix and, you know, it's right. So because I understand everybody's seat, I understand everyone's needs and I can speak mm -hmm. to that and make them feel not that, hey, you have a seat at the table. I need you to help me finish building out and decorating the rest of it. You know, like mm -hmm. I can't, I'm nothing without you. And I think that's what I bought. That was the drive, that was the hunger, that was the passion that I bought to everything that I touched. And I'm really, really proud of that and how well-rounded 
my media experience is because of that trajectory over the course of 11 years. The hunger, the drive, the talent, the enthusiasm, the risk-taking. And I want to question one other thing, which is how did you, I, I love like when somebody uses a word like accelerator, I pay attention. You had to accelerate your growth as you are literally being pulled into a new environment, new city, uh, new job, meet a CMO. Now I'm in a new, I'm in the same basic building, but I'm now down the hall or across town or whatever. And I now have to morph into X. Here's the question, which is, it's one thing to be able to do the job, but often you have to do these quickly. That The learning curves are almost non-existent, mm -hmm. by the way, in terms of what the expectation is. And then sometimes the mental aspect can literally take you out. Mm -hmm. So how were you able to stay in, which was a crazy competitive environment yes. um, and accelerate the growth so that in essence you belonged? I would say, and let me, let me be very clear. Mm -hmm. um, it's hard and sometimes yeah. it's lonely. Sometimes it's lonely. Mm -hmm. And there's a lot of nights when you put your head on your pillow where mm -hmm. you just want to cry yourself to sleep. Mm -hmm. You know, you wake up with really red puffy eyes and you mm -hmm. gotta, you know, get your game face on and change your mindset and get ready to do it again. Mm -hmm. um, but I think it's one, not being afraid to mm -hmm. fail just feeling confident and knowing and being grounded that even if you do, you can pick yourself back up. Mm -hmm. um, going back to what brings you joy to anchor you. If I have mm -hmm. a bad day at work, mm -hmm. I know I can call my mom or I can call my dad or my sister or one of my best friends, or I can go out for a movie and that will always bring me back to my smile, right? Mm -hmm. um, especially in corporate, we are, it's like a machine where you are conditioned to be compliant mm -hmm. and that be compliant and hyper productive. Mm -hmm. And a lot of times what that leaves you feeling is defeated and depleted. Mm -hmm. So you have to have these mechanisms and these relationships and this um, strategy to go back to what brings you joy to return you back to you. So you just don't get shaken. Um, so I would say though, that was probably my number, like my, my top, Mm -hmm. things that kind of kept me going and just being able to seek out the really authentic people along the way mm -hmm. that can kind of be those coaches, those mentors and give you that nudge. So, you know, when you're kind of, you, that's kind of your tuning fork, right? Mm -hmm. When am I hitting the right note or can you walk me back if I'm doing something mm -hmm. wrong, but mm -hmm. you have to be very strategic. You have to be very in tune to who those people are, what their motives are and make sure that when it comes around, you do the same. And that has, believe it or not, what has paid dividends for me. People that I've, you know, tried to give that back to, five years later, they may be referring me for another job interview that I, you know, it, it always like, kind of, you know, just be the, be always try to be a good person. And that's kind of what kind of keeps you, uh, your, your head above water in those types of environments. <laughs> I love the transparency and I love the candor of yeah. the tough days and the tough nights because yeah. it gets at like one of the questions I was going to ask you was well, simply this, which is, have you ever had professionally in a corporate environment? It's tough. Like you said, it's hard. Have you ever had your energy, your personality um, held against you? Absolutely. 
all the time, more often than not. You're one of the few people <laughs> who has always been very complimentary. I think um, I am okay and comfortable with people looking at me like I'm different. Mm -hmm. I attribute that a lot of times to professionally, I've always been um, in companies or in roles that are either to Latin audiences or US Hispanic. And I'm a full figured black woman <laughs> with this skin and this hair. I don't look like I fit in. I am an enigma. I'm a, I'm a black woman from Southern New Jersey with the last name Abdullah. When you see my name on an email, you don't know what's gonna walk through the door because I'm speaking Spanish. <laughs> and, you know, So I've always been kind of looked at with a, with a funny eye. Um, I've gotten, and it looks like um, very sometimes heavy handed feedback like you're just too much, um, you know, or and with, with that gesture, with the hands up, you're just being too much where it kind of sends you in a tailspin and I don't know how to interpret that. Um, it looks like I may be trying to push people in a, not, not in an aggressive direction, but trying to get people to understand there's a different way to, you know, better a process or a, a faster way or a more inclusive way to do something or a, a marketing campaign. Um, and the feedback or the pushback can sometimes look like uh, a meeting invite popping up on your in, on your calendar mm -hmm. without any context, without an agenda, and you're walking into a meeting kind of blindsided, and it's you versus three people. Mm -hmm. You know, um, so absolutely, it 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 has always been. Um, I've gotten some very harsh feedback, but at the same time, I've gotten constructive feedback that says, "Hey, Ashley, you're high energy. You're very bubbly. Sometimes you talk fast." Your strength is your positivity, your the way you communicate, but you have to balance that. That's the balcony. The basement can sometimes be that you're talking too fast and they can't, I can't digest the information that you're saying. So slow down a little bit mm -hmm. or just articulate why you have such a positive outlook in a situation. So that way it doesn't seem like you're being too campy or too cheerleadery um, or that you can't take things seriously. I have to go through and articulate the reason why this is going to work out is because I actually had been through this five years ago and this was the result. So that type of feedback has kind of helped me kind of um, navigate those situations and improve myself. So that way my intention is actually landing. Mm -hmm. <laughs> See, that might be the best explanation. I keep coming back to it because I needed decades mm -hmm. to get right and comfortable with that about myself. And, and, and if anybody is listening and can get there a little bit faster, you know, that that's one of the things I admire so much about you is that you are cl clearly an accelerator because all of this stuff is going quickly. Whereas I remember I was worried even five years ago before I left Univision, I was still worried about what you thought and you could basically still be almost anybody you know i mean it still matters so i'm not telling it to feel bad about me but it took me a while to get right with it and it's the whole purpose of the show is how do you get to that level of authenticity faster and and believe it so you take all of that and i'm moving into something that i remember because i was there at the result of it Mm -hmm. Ashley and I are having dinner in Miami. Mm -hmm. 
I meant what I said. If you ever want a guided tour, you want Ashley to get you there for all the nooks and crannies and details and all the fun stuff. We're having this big dinner in this great fun place. And we've had way more than one of those. And I treasure every one of them. But the one I'm thinking about was in Brickle. And you had just concluded a tech conference where it was an explosive success. And basically, when I heard you describe it, it felt almost as if the reins were basically handed off to you and you were expected to accomplish a lot. So now you've absorbed all this information and now you're thrust into a new spotlight of where you've got to deliver in a brand new forum, which by the way is, is really fun that it's a very recurring theme of what we're talking about. Yes. So here's your next opportunity to prove yourself. What did you do? Um, I drew on my previous experience. So that's mm -hmm. one thing I could definitely say. Everything you go through, whether mm -hmm. it's something technical, a learning lesson, or even a person, mm -hmm. it's it, it's for a reason and it is something that can inform whatever your next step is. So um, in that new role, um, now I, I, let me dial this back and say in mm -hmm. context, um, I still very much was kind of reeling from you know, recovering from being laid off, my first layoff, you know, in a city where, you know, like this was, this was my big chance. And I mean, granted, I had a beautiful experience. It had been over six years, um, you know, in Miami and that particular role in Univision and just kind of finding your footing. Yeah. So um, at that moment and at that point in time where I'm at this new company, I'm working at a new platform, live events. I had never mm -hmm. even been to a trade show before. Mm -hmm. um, I had to prove myself. Mm -hmm. I didn't, there wasn't anything else not to do because that was all I had. It was like, Ashley, you have to make it because you don't have any family here. You, right. You're not, you're, you're not going to be able to, you know, just sleep on someone else's couch. You have right. to make it. Mm -hmm. So I drew a lot on one. I was excited. I was excited about the role. I was excited about the opportunity. And that's mm -hmm. kind of always been what's guided me to take these new risks, even though you look on my resume, I've been in different departments. I've been in different verticals within media. Yes. Um, whatever I've done, it's been something that I was excited about. It's mm -hmm. something that lights you up mm -hmm. and it satiated my curiosity. And a lot of my approach was the exact same way I would approach producing a show or a tentpole and right. applying that to a conference event which had never been done before mm -hmm. in the company that I was in. And I think they really thought, wow, this is really refreshing. Mm -hmm. This is um, something that can definitely um, drive their impact and their scale um, mm -hmm. because it was kind of like the perfect product market fit. Miami was ready for it. The company was ready for it. And I was hungry because I had to prove myself. I had to prove myself that I wasn't going to atrophy. Again. Um, <laughs> and use that to level me up to the next the next vision that I had for my career. You know, that that was what was driving me. <laughs> it's just I remember the results. That's what I remember. I, again, back to the energy, back to it was like that sense of what got pulled off. And I still feel like if anybody's take, getting any and I know they're getting something a lot from this, but it keeps going back to that sense of being in a situation sometimes alone um it, it, or you know and tough situations and just absorbing everything and transferring all of that energy i think one of the biggest 
coolest things is you bring a lot of energy in general and, and it's where i encourage other people where wherever your energy is just keep finding it because i think of that as as an accelerator and a momentum driver too is that when you are that energized you just said a second ago and i was excited well that's how things move um to me is it is it it doesn't necessarily mean excited happy but it's excited driven it's excited passionate right and and i love every bit of this so then i get the chance you in essence get the chance to go home so you talked about your family in charlotte right mm -hmm. and, and you're there and they're all there and you're not and you're in new jersey and you're in miami <laughs> and now we get this chance you've launched your own company eden park media um based in charlotte what's it like what's your family like having you back what how are they feeling about having you back around so you know what it's so funny you say that um mm -hmm. so i i came up here it this was supposed to be a temporary visit. Mm -hmm. <laughs> um, I came up here in 2020, right mm -hmm. after the protests, all the social protests had right. broken because my apartment where I was located in Miami mm -hmm. was right in the center, the nucleus of the hotspot where a lot of the rioters were, were had broken out and I was actually scared for my own safety. So I understand. my family was like, Ashley, you know what? How about you just get up here get for, just for right. a few days pack mm -hmm. a quick duffel bag. I packed like four days worth of clothes. No. And um, yeah, I was only supposed to, I came on a Monday and I had every intention of driving back to Miami that Friday. Mm -hmm. um, and Friday came and went, mm -hmm. six months came and went, mm -hmm. a year came and went, and now two years. <laughs> this is, I would describe me being here as kind of like, oh, kind of like in limbo. Mm -hmm. um, but I'm here now. I, I broke my lease in, in, in Miami, but um, my family has been so accommodating to have me here. Um, it really feels, the best way I can describe it, it feels like a balsam. It feels like you're home. Wherever they are located, even though I'm not from Charlotte, I've never lived in Charlotte, I don't really right. know North Carolina. As soon as I got here, I was at home. I felt mm. safe. I felt like myself. Um, that anxiety of just having to constantly feel like you have to protect yourself, you know, that armor that we put on when we go out in the world in whatever capacity, like, I, I don't have to do that, you know? Um, so my family has been very much campaigning for me to make this a permanent move location, TBD on what that will look like. But in having that, um, that burden, that unburdening of that anxiety of, you know, hey, am I safe? What's going to happen with, you know, 2020 was a trifecta of, a global, you know, a global health crisis, an economic crisis, social riots. Mm -hmm. um, it was unprecedented. And yeah. I think we're all still recovering from some PTSD. Oh, I would absolutely sure. concur. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> but unburdening mm -hmm. myself from that anxiety, anxiety of just being in it mm -hmm. allowed me to kind of flourish and really kind of sit back and, and, and evaluate what really makes me tick? What really lights me up? Am I feeding that? Am I nurturing that? Um, am I growing that? Am I watering that? And Eden Park Media was formed because I realized what makes me happy is one, being able to have a lifestyle where I can visit with my family and my close friends rather than budgeting PTO for a long weekend, maybe twice a year see them. And this is the first time I've been with my family for such an extended period mm -hmm. of time since I was 19 years old, you know, oh um, it's been almost 20 years. I hate to oh say that. God. Let's edit that out. Oh my God. <laughs> but, 
Um, um, oh, yeah, well, uh, I say this is the same thing ever. Oh, yeah, we're just going to take that in post. No, no, it's okay. Oh, yeah. But it's funny how you, 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 we adjust mm-hmm. um, to society and mm-hmm. you know our careers and work, and we just keep going on this hamster wheel, mm-hmm. and we're not aware of how it can be depleting us. And when I realized, hey, I, I, I want to make sure my nieces and nephews know who I am, other than some random lady who comes really loud and brings them gifts twice a year and takes over in the whole house. Right, big bag, big presents, and yeah. then gone. And then, and then, and then right? I want that type of lifestyle where I can take my mom and dad out to lunch or to brunch and different things like that. But I also want to be able to have a space where I create content that I really care about, where I'm elevating stories of ordinary people and extraordinary, like extraordinary people in extraordinary circumstances. And I want to highlight those things. And that's how Eden Park was born. I was recommended through another connection that I had had. Someone had really just loved the way I had approached work, how I had treated them at Univision. And it led to another role and another role and another role. And it sustained me to the point where I said, you know what? I can now divorce myself from anything that's not supporting this lifestyle that I want. And in 2021, I joined the ranks of the great resignation and dedicated myself to Eden Park Media full time. And I'm really proud to be able to say like, I was able to build something the way I want and to fill a need that I feel like the world needs. Um, you know, the way people approach work, approach building teams and leadership and approach content and do it in a way that doesn't rob me of all of the other assets of my life that make me Ashley Abdullah. Mm. That make you different in yeah. the best of ways make you different. You know what the, was running through my mind, <laughs> which was, I was actually getting choked up because there's I of all of the traits that you have i didn't realize but now i now i see which is there's a toughness to you and i say that as such a high compliment there is such a toughness to you and i don't mean guarded i mean that resiliency here's what was running through my mind which is as you now get this opportunity to not have to wear as much armor, to not have to do all that, my thought is of all of the things that you've been able to accomplish as you've had to wear armor mm-hmm. and wear armor and do, and it will be so exciting to see this evolve when you don't have to wear as much armor. It's not that you're not capable. It's that, won't it be? How exciting this will be when that gets pulled away. And that, to me, is a wish I'd wish anybody. Um, the less armor, the better. You know, yeah. the less, right? And, and, and you just get that the, the sense of the dignity of being fully and authentically you. And um, having ease. Oh. Having ease. Learning to go through life with ease, ease. and make sure you're a source of ease to other people. See, that's the best that you're willing to like to throw it back to that. That's the best. It's not just your comfort. <laughs> Although exactly. I love that for me. But as I said, but right, if you can so hand that off, that's the best. What is the best way to find you? What, like I said again, how do we get to you? Because of this 
ordinary people doing extraordinary things. How do they find you? Um, I love for people to connect with me on LinkedIn. That's probably right. where I'm most active. Um, right. Actually, Eden Abdullah, you'll mm -hmm. be able to see me. Yep. Oh, oh, folks, the link will be right there on LinkedIn. I promise. <laughs> right? Yeah. Please connect. If there's any um, advice in sharing my story, navigating any of those circumstances, mm -hmm. navigating some of the different verticals, if there's really great content that you mm -hmm. want to tell, or even if it's just like, hey, I just want to pick your brain and just kind of you know, understand, you know, how, what are, what are my blind spots and how I can navigate a situation better? I am here for it because those conversations, those connections have literally transformed my trajectory personally and professionally. And it is so important to me to make sure that I am emitting that as well, giving that back. Um, so anyone who wants to connect, please do. I would greatly appreciate it. Anyone that is a friend of John Duffins or a fan of John Duffins mm. is a friend of mine. God, <laughs> that's the sweetest thing that goes right back to you. <laughs> Ashley Abdullah, I am honored that you made the time today. Remember that energy that I talked about? It just hits different folks. One thing I will add is simply, it's not just that it makes you feel better. Um, as you get to, that's great. And that's, that's, that, that can do a lot on a bad day, but it's the, it's the precision. It's the, it's the expertise. It's you do, you feel better and you do more. And that's the part that I'm so crazy grateful that my whole, everything changes when I'm around Ashley Abdullah. And I promise you folks, same thing's going to happen when you find Ashley on LinkedIn as well, too. Thank you so, so much Thank for doing you, this. Thank you, JD. Memory lane. I am like smiling yep. so big because like you forget some, you forget like some of those little sparks. It's like right. you were mm -hmm. such a big part of my journey. And right? That's why people move, right? Because of the people around them. For real. You are mm -hmm. definitely, you talked about an accelerator. Mm -hmm. You are someone that I would call a force multiplier. Um, now, oh. Let you drop in whether it is broadcast media, mm -hmm. whether it is voice acting, whether it, it, like whatever you do, you make people better. You make them better. The world is better because we have you, the content that you put out and the way you touch the world. And even if you don't always hear it, and that's one of the things people may look and they're smiling and they're really appreciative, but they don't always tell you. If you mm -hmm. don't hear it enough, please remember this. People, you are moving people when you don't even know it. You are inspiring people. You may not even know it. Mm. And you are making the world such a better place. Oh. You're making people feel safer in being themselves oh. because you are you. So please keep shining. Keep doing what you do. We need you. You make us better and you make everyone around you better. So. I'm going to lose it. That is the yes, nicest, that is probably the nicest thing I've ever heard. And if any single person, like I said, again, I've, I've helped, I, I, I just am about to lose it. That's the nicest, sweetest. Yeah. Like I guess it honest to God, you just made my day yet again. So I thank you. My life more to follow. Memory lane is great. Future memories will be even better folks. You've just heard another episode of Your Message Received. Keep finding us on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, Google Podcasts, a bunch of other places. Find us, find yourself, and find your voice. Listen to great, talented souls like Ashley Abdullah who can remind you how important it is to find it, keep it, and share it. That's your authenticity. 
folks. Delighted that you were here today. This is John Duffin from Duffin Media. Have a great rest of the day. And thanks for tuning in. Bye. And now, making its way across the finish line, your message received has been a production of Duffin Media.